And I think that anybody who can help people in a repeatable way with a valuable skill based on their own specific knowledge has an online course in them. Hey friend, it's David Nabinski here in Brooklyn. Here at Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Andrew Barry. Andrew is the founder of Curious Lion. He has spent the past 15 years in the corporate training, learning, and development space. Um, in addition to his company, Andrew is recently and now the program director for On Deck Course Creators, a fellowship program that is helping aspiring course creators create transformational cohort-based courses. If you're not familiar with On Deck, On Deck has the vision of building the Stanford University for the Internet. They've recently raised $20 million, and they have over 15 different cohort-based courses. In February 2021, OnDeck brought Andrew on board to lead this new program. In this episode, you'll learn how this came to be, the light bulb moment that Andrew had in the summer of 2020 about cohort-based courses, a high-level overview and some examples of teachers and course creators that Andrew has seen within the On Deck Course Creators program, how a cohort-based course can fit into your overall portfolio, the importance of having practical frameworks to become a transformational course creator, the benefits of creating content, the benefits of learning in public, and so much more. I've really, really enjoyed this episode. As always, this episode with Timestamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show. David, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, one thing that I think is is super interesting, fun, entertaining is cohort-based courses, uh, transformational courses. Uh, and I have a feeling you may think that those are fun as well. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge learning nerd. So I, I um, yeah, obviously work work a lot in the space, but I'm a huge fan of, of being a student of them as well. And how did you, uh, to give a little bit of context, how did you, uh, I know maybe like 15 years, you kind of spent a lot of time kind of creating learning programs for companies and, uh, and doing more kind of corporate learning, corporate training, but how did you learn about kind of cohort-based courses? Uh, maybe we could kind of start there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was actually quite recently. I, um, I mean, well, I started taking those courses quite, quite regularly from about 2019 onwards. And um, so most of that year, and then obviously in 2020, just I was basically doing one into the next. So it was like every every couple of months was a new one. And and at the same time, I was working and creating training for companies with my company, Curious Line. And we I started seeing, I started observing, because I was sort of trained to do that. I was looking for like, why do these things work, right? And I was sort of codifying that. Um, and then so we started testing that with some clients of ours, um, like Pinterest and PagerDuty, these like big companies, but quite forward thinking as well as so a high growth, lots of new people joining all the time. So how do they, and now, and then with COVID, how do they create a way for people to connect with each other and become lifelong learners? And so 
yeah, we started, I started basically bringing in what, what online courses are doing and cohort-based courses. And we've created learning sprints for these, for these companies. And then I started realizing that, so the, we got a lot of information and data from that as well, what was working, what wasn't working. And so then I started basically, cause I, I'd gone through the, all the work already. I just started writing about this stuff and saying like, this is what works, this is what doesn't. Here's how to think about group learning. Here's, you know, beginner's mindset to, to creating curriculum and all that sort of stuff. And I started putting that on Twitter. And this was in July. I got very involved with David Perel's Rite of Passage course around that time, became an alumni mentor. And it was really a kind of a holy shit moment um, that happened to me just after that, because that mentor program was a new thing that they tried. And honestly, for me, and I'd done Rite of Passage, but, but before as well, it just unlocked. And I think David would say this as well, David and Will, um, that that just unlocked the potential for that course and it, the potential to scale and to create transformations at scale through through using what I call journey groups, where you know David's teaching the destination. There's these journey groups, and that was us as the mentors. And I was I was on a I was on a run listening to the podcast of BJ Fogg talking to uh, Shane Parrish, and it's a great episode on the, the Knowledge Project. And he just introduces this idea of de- destination leaders and journey leaders, and uh, and I was like literally just stopped in my tracks. I was like, that's exactly what we would what we did in in those five weeks it, and and so i started and i went i ran back home i checked i googled it like he hadn't written bj far much about this so as far as i could tell it was one of the first times he talked about it um and and so i just went down a rabbit hole thinking it through this so this framework of destination journey that and that was really the first stuff i started putting in online about the space and then, you know the, the whole like creating a portfolio of work that was that was it that was the beginning of it and then i was like oh you know what like i go back to all this old stuff that i've written like methodology documents for curious line and pick out these um studies that were done that prove certain things that in learning that worked and i'll share that on twitter and i you know, went through the process of trying to compress it to make it interesting to people create courses and it just took off and and way quicker than i thought it would um and i had like 300 followers in in august and sort of a, you know close to three thousand now, and the and it's but the volume is by far the smallest benefit of this. It's been the relationships that I've built in the last. I mean, it's only been five or six months, right? Of just amazing course creators who have huge audiences, which has benefited me as well. But are who who are passionate about teaching and want to create real transformations, and they've asked me to come in and help them, and so. Yeah, I mean, that process just accelerated me understanding the online course world and then being able to bring in my experience from, from doing this for, for, like you said, 15 years. It just it just started to really click. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple different threads uh, there. One that I, I definitely just want to uh, touch on is the fact that uh, you came into the course as, uh, as, a, as a mentor and that mm-hmm. some of these workshops and some of these courses, and I obviously don't know nearly as much as you or haven't had nearly as much of experience in this, but I do want to just put a note into this, like these places, these workshops, these courses are kind of sandboxes. And sometimes they can, you know, you can create these new programs or small little accountability groups and you kind of never know. And it can really spark, um, some, some magic for yourself and for a lot of people. So sometimes, you know, maybe it's not necessarily you want, you need the skill or the transformation can be something different than you're expecting and yeah. can lead to, to other growth and stuff. So, yeah, it's a very experimental place right now. This whole, like, it's very much at the beginning of, of this, where this market can go. My 
ultimate vision with with on deck course creators and all you know we'll, i'm sure we'll get to that is to create the next wave of superstar teachers and i believe that the future is uh superstar teachers who learn how to teach on the internet and i think that anybody who can help people in a repeatable way with a valuable skill based on their own specific knowledge has an online course in them and the only thing separating them is that ability to teach and 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 that's a skill you can learn that you can learn how to do that and to your point it's so experimental now like just i would just say get involved because people are trying all these new things and figuring out what works and there's no one size there's no like way to do an online course you know there's co-op based courses there's evergreen there's a whole spectrum of stuff in between just lots of ways to to scale your ability to teach others what you know yeah yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I created this podcast in a, a cohort-based uh, course in 2018. And, you know, as a student, I completely was transformed, right? I was hooked on it and then yeah. uh, got lucky to then serve as a coach afterwards. And just that, you know, being just a couple steps ahead and uh, was really helpful to further cement my learnings, but also I think hopefully relatable to students that, you know, were just getting started. Uh, and it kind of brings up an interesting thing that I was thinking about in preparation for this around. So there's a, there's the, like, do you have the skill of teaching? Uh, but also I'm curious around this idea of like the timing, because there's certain times when, like when I was coaching, I felt like I was super in it and I knew the details and I was rap and I was really transforming myself. So uh, compared to now, yeah, I've done more work and uh, more experienced podcaster, but I'm, so I'm kind of curious around, like, is there an optimal time to, uh, potential to say, you know, I've got a, I've got a transformational course in me compared yeah. to, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think to go back to what I was saying, the, if you can help people in a repeatable way, so you need to get a few under the belt. Um, I always, always recommend that. Uh, and what I mean by a few, it could be coaching, consulting work. Um, if you can get someone to pay you, that is uh, preferable because it does validate that there is a need for this thing and people value, put, you know, value on it. Um, but even before that, start with just helping friends and family. Maybe you're really good with you know, setting up Notion or just like computers or you know, hooking up a camera and like this, I would pay someone to do this for me. Like you're set, doing the camera and like the audio and all this sort of stuff and all the cables you need. You know, so if you're really good at that, like get, you know, maybe you can, and I think there's honestly, I think there's a gap for that because there's no, there's no like really good teaching on that. But that's an example, right? And so help people and figure out what they get, what they struggle with and listen for that that's the most valuable feedback you'll get is what are those pain points what are those challenges that's how you build your curriculum um and that's when you know you're ready once you've got that curriculum out uh, down in, in your mind or but that you know that the next person that asks you you could just roll that out and it would help them exactly with solving that problem then i would say take that and start to run a live cohort based thing because it's one of the best ways you could go straight into if, if and this is a lifestyle decision right like it's not an easy thing to do to do a co-op based stuff um time wise energy wise just also like it's hard to be up on camera in front of a bunch of people and so not always everyone's cup of tea but 
I think it's the best way to start because you get that instant feedback um, from people. You see what they're struggling with. So, so now it's just if you're helping people one-on-one, get five of your friends or, or, or five or six of people that follow you on online to pay 50 bucks or something and go through like a beta cohort um, and then iterate on that and, and improve that. And then eventually what, I, I mean, one of the models I like to see is just, we see a lot now is people, you know, saying, we'll sell like 30 of these at this price point. And then once you get to the next 30 will be at this price. And that's a, you, you get, that's a, I think it's a clever marketing way to approach it, but it also just, it is in lockstep with how you are getting better as a teacher. Um, and yeah, it through, as you go through that journey, just listen to what people are struggling with, fill in those gaps, fill in those gaps. And you've always got to have in your mind this map of where are people starting from? So what's their, their prior level of knowledge and where do you want to take them? And so that, and that's the transformation. And if you can think of that whole, that whole journey, and you, it doesn't have to be a linear journey. It can be, you know, these are the things you need to cover. We're going to, you know, my course on, on, in on deck is going to have five areas and each one has a bunch of topics. Um, and so I'm saying, if you go through all five of those things, that's, that's the, that's going to take you from don't have a course to have a course, or I've got a course and I'm going to improve it. Um, so yeah, I think that's sort of the approach, and 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 then just recognize that it's a it's a constantly iterative process. It it never it's never finished, mm-hmm. in a good way. Uh, yeah, totally. Is there um, and how do you think about um, like our our frameworks and and like call it mental models or are those you know, kind of nice to haves, must haves. Like if someone says, you know, I've got a following, you know, I think I've got, I've done, I've got some skills here. I think I can teach some people. Is frameworks critical? Yeah. Um, I actually um, like making a note here because I need to do more writing on this because it's, it's so critical. It's, it's, I was talking to, to Kay, he um, just earlier today on this and it's, we, you know, we were saying how, so what he recommended, but basically once you've come up with um, your way of doing it is to turn it into a framework. And, you know, he talked about like making diagrams or like five steps to do this, or whatever. So first of all, I think that makes it memorable, which is super important. So now people know like David Perel's personal monopoly, um, you know, Ali Abdul's YouTuber course has like five components to it. And if you've gone through that course, you'll know exactly. And then he has a bunch of memorable stuff inside that course that, that um, you know that 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 stick in your mind, um, but the other key thing with frameworks so they're memorable, but they also don't give people the answer. That's not your job as a course creator, which is actually quite empowering and like a relief for many people. Like you don't have to have the answer; you need to be the guide to help people find the answer. And so your frameworks are basically you saying, "This is how I think about this thing." So go back to like, you know, destination and journey groups. That's how I think about group learning. And, and you should have some, you know, well, you always have destination, but you should have some mixture of journeys, journey groups, and you should have accountability groups. And that's a smaller level. And, and then there's, there's so many variables in between that. I could never tell any one course creator what's going to work for them. They need to figure that out, right? Mm-hmm. But the beauty of them then going through that rigor and thinking, taking the framework I give and then applying to themselves is it sticks. It's memorable because they came up with the idea. So they go, okay, yeah, that's so we think of a destination journey and then this is how it applies to me. And so now I'm going to do this, this, and this. And now it's their idea. And that's what you've got to be thinking about as a teacher, 
that because if yeah i'd never be able to come up with one fit si- uh, size fits all thing and it also just wouldn't resonate with with many people yeah and, and so it sounds like you're saying as the teacher you want people to implement your ideas or your frameworks but to internalize it for themselves exactly so, so there's the way to you know, share knowledge, but you want it to them, for them to internalize it. So then when the course is over, they can keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so what, what we'll, what we'll do often, and, and you'll see that some of the best online courses have that your podcast one that you took, maybe that you had a bunch of actionable uh, practical uh, exercises and things you had to do, right. That were germane to the thing you were learning. And we're not just like, you know, sketchbook exercises, like, you know, that's, that's important. It's a starting point, but it was actual real things. You presumably you actually created a podcast episode and, you know, you went through the whole, you did the thing, I always say, and that's key because then it becomes internalized and it becomes uh, your idea as the student, as opposed to the, the teacher. Mm-hmm. And so an example of uh, uh, frameworks is, is your three P's. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the three P's personal meaning, uh, peer-to-peer learning and prompts to action. So any good transformational online course needs to have those three components. And it's so many of what we just said. So personal meaning is why are you taking this course, right? So go back to that podcast one, like you had a reason for taking it. It wasn't just to have a podcast. Like there was a reason presumably that you wanted to have the podcast, which was obviously deeper than just the, the level of having a podcast. Um, and that's true for all your students and it's going to be completely different for each student. So you've got to design ways to get them to think about that and then share that with you so that what your job is then connecting what the student wants with what you know they need. And that's, that's the, the, the sort of gap between prior level knowledge and then the transformation. So that the transformation is what you know they need, but it's going to be unique to each of them. And so you, know, you need to understand what they want and then get them to that level. Um, and then peer-to-peer learning is like, how do people, you know, that's the groups, the journey groups and destination groups and accountability. And then the prompts to action is like, go and do the thing. Um, it's a whole, Anders, uh, Anders Ericsson wrote a book peak and the concept of deliberate practice. in that is so, so it's one of the most, like I, it informs everything I teach now. And it's basically this process of deliberate practice, which is practice and then paying attention to the thing that you're doing looking for the points you need to improve so reflecting on it and then improving and then so so tight feedback loops and then improving that thing and then you go again and you go again and it's hard right learning is hard because it's like it takes time and it doesn't always feel like you're learning something because but you have to start there you have to first put something down to then know what to react to and how to change it. And so it's just this like iterative process that you have to go to. And so one of the other things I say is as a teacher, you need to establish trust that I am going to learn from you and I need to trust you that this process is worth it, even though it probably won't feel like I'm learning anything at the beginning. Um, so anyway, sorry, I'm going on a, on a tangent no, here. No, it's, uh, uh, is bringing me back to some of those initial lessons and those initial prompts and stuff. And uh, I, yeah, I remember sharing some of those, those first audio recordings and they just were terrible, but, yeah. and, and then the other day I was talking to somebody and they's like, you have a great podcast voice. And I was like, do you do you, like, I was like, it's two and a half years later. And I just feel like I'm just regular talking, but 
I remember it brought me back to when I started of how I thought awful I sounded then. And it was, it was just because of a lack of confidence, a lack of reps, mm-hmm. a lack of comfort. Mm-hmm. So I, I was trying to communicate to her of like, you know, you, you, you will, you'll get more comfortable about your own voice through more and more reps. Yep. hundred percent. Deliberate and, and practice, as you said. Yeah, exactly. And that's just tweaking one little thing. It's probably also upgrading um, the quality of the equipment. Yeah. Like all little things like that and slowly gets better and that builds confidence. That's a cool point you bring up though as well. That's so important in online courses is the confidence game in, um, you know, I was talking to Kay about this, like he teaches, you know, essentially it's a notion course, like how to be more productive using notion, but it's so much more than that. He teaches you how to live a life of purpose and, and so much of the course is designed with that work. Why are you, do you want to be more productive? Well, why, and you know, so, cause I just want to spend more time with my kids. Well, why do you want to spend more time with your kids? And like, so it's going deeper and deeper into that. That's a big part of his course. And so you're now deeply connected to your reason for doing this thing. And now you're bought into it. Now you're like, okay, cool. Teach me everything you can teach me. Yeah. Cool. And, and Kay, thankfully was a, a prior guest of the podcast. I'll put his episode into the, to the notes as well. Um, the, so on deck, uh, so your program director, in addition to continuing to run your own company, program director, on deck, uh, course creator, uh, fellowship, the initial, uh, the inaugural, the mm-hmm. bang, bang, the amazing kickoff, yep. um, first <laughs> cohort, uh, first ever global learning, um, independent Amazing. community, uh, yeah. is, is kicking off shortly. I'm stealing you from this precious, precious thing of yours. Um, but talk to us a little bit about, uh, so I think there's maybe around a hundred, 125 types of, uh, people that are taking this on how to be able to create their own transformational course. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about that profile of people. Are they coaches? Are they consultants? Are they like, I want to try to demystify it a little bit to the person that's out there to say, no, I've got some ideas. Or I've got some, you know, I've done some webinars here. I've done some things there. Um, maybe as a way to kind of see themselves uh, yeah. as somebody that could create one of these courses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so important because I, I think, I think more people than, than realize, more people than realize this is the case actually have an online course in them. Um, and that's so coaches and consultants, perfect example, because you've got people paying you for your expertise, your advice. Um, so, or yeah, sometimes if it's, or especially if it's service related, so if you have a service related business, again, that's, they're paying you for that expertise. Um, but we have people, I mean, it's so, so diverse. We've got, you know, writers, creators. So I think anybody who's just putting out content, um, you know, that's how Kay got started to, to kind of keep going back to that example. But like that, he was just, you know, curated a bunch of links on a, on a, on a, on an email. And then grew that. And then, you know, he didn't know he was going to teach this thing. It sort of eventually came about that this was the thing he was going to teach. Um, so that's another one. I mean, we have two teenage girls who are circus performers. Um, in their spare time, they've created a pretty successful YouTube channel teaching Rome to people their age, so to teenage teenagers. And, and so, and, and that's, and they're doing a course on that. Like, and, and it's, so it's specifically for people their age. They said to me, they're also way, they wise way beyond their years. They said to me, they, they know what people their age want and how they learn and all that. And so they're best place to teach them how to use this tool. Um, so that, that, you know, that just opens up a whole world of possibilities. 
any anything you're good at i mean this is also just because it's fresh in my mind but Kay was you know he started um he what uh, in the early days he was talking about convertkit a lot and just made a bunch of loom videos on how to use convertkit um you know brennan dunn is now like he's like the mastering convertkit is is he's the course creator of that and it's just teaching people how so actually let me i'm going to get broader here because it's it is it doesn't we've i've been thinking too specifically um just learning in public is a way to validate an idea and a thing that you can teach people those girls that i mentioned they just started their channel to learn rome and they were making videos about rome and then getting feedback on them and then realized like okay well we actually are now teaching people you know so it's it's quite like this is a little abstract but it's if you just learn openly and and you, by exposing and opening the process of learning that you're going through you're inviting people in to learn with you and then that becomes the thing that you can teach now you've got to have some specific knowledge and, and expertise in it i think to to really kind of run with it um but that comes from doing it as well like you can just just go really deep in, in a hole so you could start from zero right now if anybody listens to this right now go and learn figma and just like learn everything there is to know about figma and share it as you're learning it you could be teaching figma in in six months or a year you know um so it, it's the that process of just learning openly exposing how you're learning and then inviting people into the into that orbit i think is is a great starting point for many and these uh, most people or some people are thinking about their transformational course as a side income stream, part of their, call it part of their offerings, a way to diversify, you know, connect with new people, you know, a different type of uh, offering. Is that generally how people are thinking about it? Yeah, I think, I think there's a mix, actually. I think there's some who think of it like that, and that makes sense. So I do my thinking has changed slightly and more nuanced on this, but I used to think of training when I talk about superstar teachers, like your course is your business. And that is still true for many, but I thought, I still think the framing of thinking of it as a product within your business is important. So it's a subtle shift, but it, it gives you, it, it's, it gives you permission to start to think about other things. If you're um, like one example here, creating an online course is actually very similar to writing a book. You know, you the, a chapter. The, I mean, like, you know, ch chapter outline is the curriculum basically, right? It's like this is what, and it needs to sort of have a flow to it and take you from point A to point B. You know, a lot of similarities. So a lot of people actually come to me like thinking of having a course, and they go, "I'm also going to write a book." And some of them decide to write the book first and then create a course. The big difference between the two is a book is something that, you know, you don't know how people are interacting with it. With a course, you get that engagement. And, you know, so it just depends which you want more. Um, you can probably reach more people with the book. Um, but, um, and so that's the benefit of thinking of it as a product within a business. Um, the other thing I wanted to say on this is that it's not, so some people, it's a side revenue stream and some it's the main revenue stream. And often that comes down to whether you're going the full cohort-based approach and, and, and embracing that live element of it, because that there's nothing passive about this. It's like, I, I would say even Evergreen is not fully passive either. Like, you know, so some people make money just by creating a bunch of videos and then having like clever click funnels and stuff to get into those videos. But 
that is not sustainable. Um, if you really want to sustain it, you've got to make it transformational and, and that's an, a constantly evolving thing. So it's a, there's a lot of work in it. Um, so it's not passive. It can, it can be, but it can definitely go between you being your main revenue source and being part of a portfolio that includes books, speaking engagements, consulting, you know, a lot of course creators also offer coaching programs on top of that and individual consulting work on top of that. So it becomes a good uh, sort of product in the ecosystem that kind of acts as a funnel to, to some of the um, some of the other stuff you offer. The last thing I'll say is that what people, especially in a live course, and then eventually the coaching thing and the and the the consulting is they're paying for implementation, right? And so you can you can sell your knowledge baseline as at a certain amount, but where and, and that and a lot of people actually give that away for free. You know, like that that's a way to just get people through the door and, and get them exposed into your world. Um, because it's valuable to a point, but it's not like to your point, you could have gone and, and looked on YouTube and found like everything you needed to know about um, about creating a podcast. But like, there's something about getting in a room, uh, in a Zoom room, you know, with a bunch of people and there's accountability and there's a sort of a guide, there's a forcing function to actually do it, you know, all of those things. And that's what people will pay uh, quite a bit extra for. Yeah. I mean, I 300 people all trying to create a podcast at the same time. That was powerful. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and all right. So we talked a little bit about on deck and I have this, uh, you know, an ideas around how sometimes people are kind of one email away uh, from a new project, a new collaborator, a new job, et cetera. Talk to me a little bit about uh, kind of a, maybe a direct message from uh, one of the co-founders of on deck and, and kind of how the, you know, the, this on deck program director role came to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love this. You've clearly done your research here as well. So um, I love that, by the way, one email away concept. That's so, so true. And it's so powerful once you realize that um, one of the best things, this is a starting point. This, this plays into the story is like, is just get on Twitter. It's d- definitely the best platform I've seen for, for this and just start sharing the learn in public, you know, build in public, invite people in to, to, to help you build it. So that's where I started. Like I said earlier, I had 300 people, you know, following me um, back in August. And so I started writing a bunch of stuff, you know, that grew to probably 800 or so where in November I announced I'm going to start an online course and it was going to be under Curious Lion. And I asked a bunch of people to sign up. And again, I had like 800 people follow me. It wasn't a lot, but like 70 people put their email address in saying, yeah, I want to hear about this every week. It's like, wow, okay, this is, this thing's got legs. Like, this is interesting. Um, and so I, ju- I started jumping on a ton of calls with people. and just like, what do you want? What would you want to get out of it? Like trying to really learn what the, the pain points were and all that sort of stuff. Um, and also, by the way, made just some really great relationships and friendships through that. Um, one of those is a guy who um, called Robbie Crabtree. He's also now at on deck. Um, we became friends. I helped him a bit with his course at the end of that year. It was also around that time, August, um, October, November. And then he got approached because he had his course. It ran. Um, and then right after that on deck approached him, they had a conversation and after at the end of that conversation, he brought up my name or like, yeah, it basically that I think that's where I got on Eric Torenberg's radar. And now on deck had been talking and been thinking internally about creating a course on course creation for a while. 
And so it was like Friday night that him and Robbie spoke. Saturday morning, we jumped on a call together. And I just remember walking down the East River here in Long Island City with my son strapped to my chest. And I'm on the phone with Eric. And it's like an hour later, we're still talking about the future of education and what like a good, you know, online course should look like. And um, obviously he thinks very deeply about that, having built on deck to, to and, and saw that rapid growth that they had last starting last year. And so it was just, I just felt so aligned. And I think he felt the same way clearly because, you know, they extended an offer at the end of December. Um, and then I, I agreed to, to sign up and, and it was just, and, and join them. And it was just a, an amazing opportunity for me to, to grow something that I really wanted to do. And I was going to, I was ready to put in two years to get it to kind of the size that it's at now. And I mean, being able to do that in three months with them, which is crazy, you know, so yeah, you just never know. And I feel like I said, I said this earlier, I felt like so lucky that it happened quickly, but it also still wasn't an overnight success. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years. <laughs> uh, and and also you started sharing more and I, I wish that I started creating content earlier. Me too. It sounds like, yeah. Um, any other examples of kind of one emails or anything like that, that has really kind of changed some things as we're starting to yeah. wrap up a little bit here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for Curious Lion, all of our all of our big clients have come from uh, the opposite of of like outbound, cold outbound. You know, like well, I mean, I'll say it, that's not true because I actually did. So one of my one of our biggest clients, Paige Juicy. A lot of our big clients since then have come from her. She's been an amazing advocate of ours, and that all started from first of all putting out good content, which she was able to read. Because I think what that does is it shortcuts due diligence for people. Right. They can see how you think and how you think about stuff that they care about. Um, so, so to your point, like start pub publishing content as soon as you can. Um, and then I messaged her on LinkedIn and uh, out of the blue and, you know, said something about what she was doing, what she had posted. We jumped on a call. This was, I don't know, 2016, 17. We jumped on a call and she's like, look, I just started at PagerDuty. Don't have any budget, but, you know, it sounds interesting what you're going and and I was like, cool, didn't think anything else. I had, you know, a bunch of those types of calls during that time, getting a little despondent that like nothing was happening. And, you know, so that was also interesting in retrospect is just be patient. But yeah, a year later, she got back in touch with me, like out of the blue and said, hey, like, you know, just, just started to grow my team. I have a bit more budget now. I've got this pro little project we want to start with. So she, we, she brought us on board. We started with that and, and we've been a client ever since. And that's probably three years now that we've been with them. Amazing. Yeah. You just never know where these conversations go. I mean, even just you and I talking now, like you, who knows where this is going to end up. I'm excited. Um, Me too. And, and anything else that you think that we missed about teaching, you know, entering in some of these workshops and courses or anything else about, you know, how more people could create courses, anything else that you think, mm. about, Andrew? I would just say like, it's anybody can start this, you know, it, anybody can start this. It's just, a case of figuring out that thing that you're good at helping people with and then build from there and start to start to like get more and more people there and start to just do like a small group coaching thing and just kind of keep building. And that's, that's where most of these start. Love it. Uh, well, please let listeners know where they can learn more about your work and uh, stay in touch and keep learning. Yeah, David, thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed uh, this conversation. If Anybody wants to know about the online course creation stuff um, specifically for themselves, go to beyonddeck.com forward slash course dash creators. 
um, or just go to beyond.com. It's in the in the title there. And uh, um, yeah, and um, if you want to talk to me directly, I um, DMs are open on Twitter. Um, so check me out there, Bazin Ruto. Um, I'm sure you'll put that all all in the in the links. But um, B A Z Z A R-U-T-O um, is the best place. I, I get back to everyone on there. I love talking about this. So anybody have any questions, give me a shout. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. Hey, friend. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder... I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.